Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome in for another week of Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. I am Drew. Thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, you can always reach out to me inside the My Country 95.5 app. If you have any questions for Game and Fish, Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, or just a random question, let us know. We'll get it all taken care of and answered. Let's get the show on the road. What do you think? Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Anything goes extra fun. Woo! My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Uh, it's hard to believe we're already into December and our very first of our final four shows of the year. And, Janet, there are a lot of people that have wrapped up their big game hunting seasons. And now what are they supposed to do? Well, if you're anything like my family, we're still trying to get an elk. So clear through the end of December, a lot of those seasons are open. But on the other hand, like there's there's a lot of seasons that have closed, but there is so much opportunity still out there in Wyoming. And today we have a super special guest, Bart Kroger, who is our Worland Wildlife biologist who gets to spend the majority of his fall dealing with some fantastic upland game bird hunting season. Good morning, Bart. Thank you, Drew and Janet. It's good to be here. Bart, when uh, when we talk hunting in Wyoming, a lot of people think the big game, but upland game birds really are spectacular all, really all over the state. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Wyoming's probably one of the few states that has the most diversity of upland game birds of all the other western states. Um, I mean, seven different species. So you got pheasants, uh, all four species of grouse, sage grouse, blue grouse, sharp-tailed grouse and uh, rough grouse and then you also have chuckers and huns and i think it attracts a lot of hunters to come here and hunt just because of uh, the diversity of birds that they can chase throughout the state and one of the things about upland game bird hunting is it goes quite a bit further than a lot of the other hunting seasons do in most cases uh, the upland game bird seasons uh, may run up to four and a half months so a lot of time if guys want to go early before their elk hunting season opens, they can go early. Or if they want to wait till after the big game seasons are closed, then they can uh, sneak in a, a few weeks after the, the elk season. And this is a really good time to insert the read the regulations because, as Bart mentioned, we do have a lot of diversity. And there's also a lot of differences in those hunting seasons. For example, you know, sage grouse is already closed. It's open for a short period of time. So if you missed September you're done. But the, a lot of the grouse seasons go through the end of December, and then you have the the partridges, both the checker and the huns. That really does span a, a long length of time. And with the holidays coming up, I know there are a lot of families that like to go out and go on holiday hunts and uh, do bird hunting through the holidays. And how are the numbers looking to this point? I mean, we're about halfway through the, the four months that you talked about. I, I can't speak for the entire part of the state uh, because I don't know what's going on in uh, um, the other parts of uh, of Wyoming. But at least up in the northern part of Wyoming, uh, specifically the Bighorn Basin, the areas that I cover, 
I would say that uh, for for this year, we probably had fair uh, bird numbers out there. Not real spectacular, but not poor. Surely better than last year. Based on the species you're looking at, we have blue grouse up here in the mountains. We have sage grouse. We have chuckers and, and huns and then a few wild pheasants. And we do get some uh, pen-raised pheasants or planted pheasants at some of the, the habitat units around the, the Bighorn Basin. So being a fair year, we do have a few hunters that are out uh, looking for birds. So far from the reports that uh, that I've heard from hunters and what I've seen out there is that, yeah, it's uh, a fair year for bird hunting. Bart, what goes into making it a great year, a bad year, a fair year? What happens on the ground for those bird populations to determine what it's going to be? Janet, I have no clue. (laughs) You're not supposed to say that, Bart. (laughs) I mean, I've, I've chased these birds around for, I hate to say it, but nearly a half a century and have been trying to manage them in some capacity for the last, 25 years to tell you the truth when it comes to chuckers and huns it's it's up in the air on what's going to happen because i've seen where we've been in the driest droughtest years we've ever had in the bighorn basin when we've had the most chuckers we've ever had and then all of a sudden you get good spring moisture and you're thinking all right birds are going to be coming on and then there's hardly anything so and if you take it a big picture i think the most important part is getting good moisture at the right times of the year. And spring moisture is always good, but if you get too much, it will have an effect on uh, those nesting hens. If chicks get wet after they've been hatched and it gets the uh, temperatures get a little cold, it can kill them. So having the right moisture different times of the year really seem to be the most important part of it because moisture relates to good vegetation growth more insects uh better nesting habitat for the following year so that's all all part of it so moisture is a huge part and there's more that goes into this and in just a few minutes we'll get bart back and we'll find out some more details of upland bird hunting right here in wyoming on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Today we're joined by Janet Millick and Bart Kroger, both of Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Uh, Bart is from the Worland area and takes care of upland birds. Now, Bart, we were just talking about how moisture is a tough problem for birds. What about overhunting? If uh, people hunt and kill a lot of birds one year does that affect the next no it does not drew really (laughs) and my explanation of that is um in some cases you can have some overhunted populations or, or spots then you can start having some effect on those birds but the area that all these birds inhabit if you look at the entire bighorn basin Probably a minute portion of that actually gets hunted. So, hunting birds um, does not have does not have a big effect on the next year's population of what what birds are going to do. In my mind, if you've got lots of birds out there, you're going to have lots of hunters because they're going to be successful. They're going to want to go. But if you got very few birds, there's not going to be much hunting that takes place because hunters are unsuccessful. They're tired of walking around, not seeing any birds, so they quit and go home. From year to year, 
hunting has no effect on on the populations of birds. So the bird hunting is really just a big crapshoot. No, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could probably put it that way, Drew. Because um, yeah, there's places that uh, that I've hunted have done really well. And the next year you go out, you're thinking it's going to be the same thing, and then all of a sudden, no, there's hardly any birds there. See, then then you got to go looking for other spots. Your big game herds normally will be back in the same general areas every year. So really, you're telling me that with bird hunting, it's different. It's you really have to to search where you're going to go. Oh yeah, it um, it and I've seen it right here close, Steve, and around Warland where. I got fairly good spots to go hunt birds, but like I said, the next year I go there and there's not hardly any birds, so what happened? So then you go 10 miles to the south and all of a sudden you got lots of birds everywhere. So it may relate back to that moisture that comes in the spring, uh, maybe showers that hit one spot too hard and not uh, much for moisture in another spot. And uh, just the timing of that seems to affect those those birds the most. That moisture, it goes back to the moisture. Who would have thought? Now, uh, Janet, on another topic here, is, since there is so much time left of bird hunting, what licenses are needed to go into this general idea of, of upland bird hunting? Drew, that can get pretty complicated, and that's one of the the things that I strongly, strongly encourage people to get a copy of the 2022 Upland Game Bird Hunting Season Regulations. Um, You can download them online. They have fabulous charts that really talk about if you're a resident and you're 14, what do you need if you're hunting for hunts or if you're hunting for a pheasant and you're at Glendo, what do you need? So, so there's a lot of fantastic charts that really tell you all the information you need to know. And, and it is different for every species and it's different for every age group and whatever area you happen to be hunting in. And so there's a list of all those areas that you need a special um, pheasant permit for, um, whether or not you need to fill out a hip permit. All of those things are clearly spelled out in charts throughout the regulations. And so the, the quick and easy answer is look it up. And if you have questions, any Game and Fish office is there to help. As always, just give us a call and, and we'll assist you in whatever you need to, to do, whether it's a conservation stamp or not. There's a lot of daily permits that we sell for bird hunters that maybe you're just passing through and, and want to just hunt for one day instead of purchasing an annual license. What does that mean? And uh, every situation needs a quick lookup. So it's as clear as mud. Exactly, as everything that we always say on this show, right? It's it's we try our very best just to be here to help answer any questions that people might have. Right, and which that's one of the the backbones of this show is that if you have questions, we want to get them answered. So, uh, Bart, it's been fantastic. It's been nice to to hear that there are some birds, and then there's uh, a lot of fun that people can have out there still. Oh yeah, it's it's a good time to to get out, uh, especially during the holidays, Christmas coming up. Kids are home from college, from out of school, and it's just a good time to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Um, watch the dogs hunt, uh, maybe take a few birds, uh, and then enjoy them at the dinner table. I mean, that's uh, kind of what I view bird hunting as. It's not a big, spectacular, a lot of planning. You just grab the dog, shotgun, jump in the truck, go out, get a 
an hour in of hunting or a couple hours and uh, watching the dog work and flushing a bird and it's just it's a good time. It's yeah. just with the and doctor you can ordered. talk while you're hunting. That's my favorite thing is you can actually talk while you're hunting. You just don't have to be a mute. And we all know that's pretty tough for uh, for some of us, right, Janet? <laughs> all right, guys, thanks again for joining us. <clears throat> and that's kind of tough for some of us, right, Janet? <laughs> Bart and Janet, thank you guys again. Get over to the uh, WGFT.wild.gov to find out more about upland bird hunting. More of the show is coming up. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. Well, the holly jolly season is upon us, Brian. And anytime you come into Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, it's holly and jolly because there's lots of things you need. It's a lot of fun things, right? It's a, it's it, uh, it's the the fishing, the camping, the hunting. It's it's all all those outside activities that uh, keep us sane. And ladies, if you have a hard time finding out something your husband has been dying for, walk in the door. You can find something because they've been in here the whole year, being like, "Oh, I need to get that and that and that." Yeah, now's a good time to kind of replace all those summer things that either broke at the campsite or whether it's a new chair or the, you know, fishing pole that broke that they, you know, said, well, I'll get one next season. Uh, don't forget about those summertime activities also. Now, we've got so many opportunities here is we're coming close to the end of December, but that doesn't mean that hunting is out and fishing is about to get fired up with ice fishing. So I've seen a lot of people that have been up on some of the reservoirs and smaller ponds that are pulling some yeah, guys are stocking up on their tip-ups and their little ice fishing jigs and their their jigs and minnows and uh, yeah, it's 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 starting to hit pretty good right now. If you're starting to get into ice fishing, you know you mentioned the tip-ups a couple of times, and obviously you're not using the the seven foot poles or anything <laughs> like that. But if someone is trying to get into ice fishing, they're not really sure what you're talking about. The tip-ups are basically an an easy set. And forget almost uh, yeah, fishing like, line. Yeah, it's really just kind of like a hand line. So you basically have line wrapped around a little spool. You drop that line down. Uh, if you're fishing for walleyes, typically right to the bottom, maybe a foot off the bottom. And uh, it, uh, it you set a little flag. So when the, the, the fish takes your minnow and starts swimming away, it... Pops the flag up, and so you've got mail, and you run and and you go pull the fish in. And it's really it's that that simple. That really uh, makes it easier, kind of a hands free situation where you can set. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago. You can do five or six holes at a time and put mm-hmm. your tip ups there. Yeah, in uh, in Wyoming, in this area, anyways, you can have uh, six six rods in a, in most of our uh, area lakes, and so a lot of guys will run five tip ups, and then they'll maybe use a jigging rod so they can still be active, or if they just want to huddle up into an ice hut then with a heater on, they can uh, set all six up and just sit back and watch. Which, when it comes to the uh, the hut that you're using, you know, what's the average numbers of holes you can fit just in one general area of a hut? Well, it really depends. I mean, there's some huts that are 12 foot by 12 foot. I mean, you can put two cots in there and you could put holes all the way around you. But uh, typically, you know, there'd be either a one man or a two man uh, hut. And most guys will just put, you know, one or two holes in each one of those so they can sit in a chair out of the wind and actively fish that one spot. Which you can obviously get the huts. You can get all the stuff you need. And we've talked a lot about you got to make sure that you're wearing the appropriate clothing because if you do fall in or you get wet, 
wet, and you obviously want something that you can dry out quickly and, and save yourself, really. Yeah, a good pair of uh, waterproof pants, you know, a good pair of muck boots to keep you know the feet dry as you're drilling your holes. Uh, really important, a good pair of gloves, some hand warmers, maybe a little buddy heater. Uh, you're all set. Which all are perfect stocking stuffers f- for anyone. So get out here and check out everything they've got for your holiday shopping at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. When she- Between hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, we're back. And, uh, Brian, you've been out doing some bird hunting. You've seen some birds flying. It's been slow at times over the last little while. What's your mindset when you go out on a, on a morning of, all right, here's how I'm setting up? Yeah, you know, we've, we've been spending quite a bit of time just watching birds and driving around, checking fields, looking at, you know, where the geese are sitting on the river, all that kind of stuff. And it really comes down to, you know, we we need new birds in the area. We haven't had that real big push, you know, from Montana. Uh, they're starting to get some cold weather this week. So, you know, we've got snow coming up here in the next few days. And so... I think we'll we'll see maybe a few more birds, but uh, last week we had a full moon, and you know, full moon, the geese are already on the on the migration. You know, they're they're wanting to get south into warmer climates, like most of us, and mm-hmm. and uh, that that full moon, you know, gives them that 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 free ride out here at night. It's funny that you know we talk about the scouting part, the the looking out the glass, and and then you talk about the moon and and the weather playing such a big part. So really, no matter what you're hunting, these are the scenarios you need to be looking at, and it's no different of, of any of these seasons. Yeah, you know, in, in Wyoming, if you plan, you know, a, a hunt, a hunting trip or a fishing trip based on weather patterns, you're never going to go. I mean, obviously, there's maybe some better times to go, but, uh, you know, we went out last Wednesday, we were hunting a cornfield, and uh, it was wind was howling in Casper. I mean, you couldn't have stood a goose decoy up if you in Casper if you wanted to. But we headed out towards Alcova, and as soon as we got over Goose Egg Hill, the wind started calming down, and then it was almost uh, too calm. Like we didn't have that wind where we could set de- decoys up where we could actually direct those birds into a landing zone. So we had to kind of you know change our our thought process on the fly and uh, maybe make some adjustments now when you say the field where you're hunting and the positioning i mean really if you think of maybe sports or something like that you're uh, positioning for every player a little different and mm-hmm. you take the elements into consideration so if you've got a wind that's coming out of the south and you don't want to go right into the wind. You want them to come in, you know, behind you. So you're really always looking for that perfect situation when you're setting up. Yeah, and you know, most of the time when we're setting up, it's dark, right? So we're trying to get there before before daylight, so we get those first birds that are coming off of the off the roost or off the river. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're just throwing dirt up in the air, making sure that we're hopefully set up in the right direction, but. Uh, even this last week, the the wind we knew the wind typically blew out of a certain direction, and but the wind was coming out of the opposite direction. And I'm like, don't worry about it, guys. Just face the decoys this way. Do this and this, and the wind will change on us. It always does, and uh, it worked out for us. I mean, we shot a, we shot a dozen birds, um, but 
it, it, it definitely a challenge. Like so, we we had not only fighting in the wind, we had a full moon this week, and then we had crystal blue skies that you know that no cloud cover, so a little bit more visible to the birds as they're seeing us. So instead of shooting them straight on, we wanted to kind of side shoot them and kind of hide the guys a little bit better that way. Um, unfortunately, we're not in a pit, so we don't get to hide under. But uh, we're all out in layout blinds, and so um, you have to kind of just adjust as, as you go. I know when the TV show Duck Dynasty was on TV, there were people that ah, oh, why do you guys always paint your face like that? And, I mean, really, it's just what you said because when that sun comes in, it reflects off your face. Mm-hmm. And if you've got that charcoal paint, or you know, that deadens it. Right. Yeah, and our, our layout blinds, I mean, we can we can get under those blinds lines enough to you know keep our, our faces covered but a nice baclavia where you can pull pull up and uh you know pull it up over your face um that's definitely helpful um a, a good hat you know just a hooded hat to kind of keep your uh, sunglasses or your glasses from reflecting in the sun mm-hmm. and then really just uh, no movement you know keeping that movement down so that you know you don't have guys in the blind that are goosenecking around trying to figure out where the birds are at and then giving more motion to um to what you're doing which is one of the hardest problems if you're taking a a kid out is having a kid sit still when they're in a situation so that's a benefit also having those i I think the kids listen better than the adults (laughs) 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 if you don't if you don't stay still you're not getting the peanut butter sandwich that's right (laughs) (laughs) you uh you also have done some hunting in different areas of wyoming i know you've gone a couple of times down further to the east and south and do you look at it differently there are you seeing different types of patterns um i mean birds are just birds i mean if 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 they're if they're in a field and they're working it for a few days most likely they're going to stay there and we're you know we're hunting out of layout blinds so we're pretty mobile so if we've got a field with birds or you know rancher calls us and says yeah they're finally here we we can be there but depending on the field depending on the how the wind's blowing sometimes we'll set up on a fence line if it's a really big field sometimes we'll just set up in the middle of the field and just hope for the best and roll the dice and um yeah every field's a little bit different and you kind of just learn by making a lot of mistakes over the years trial and error yeah i've been i've been goose and duck hunting for you know 40 some years now and it and every year is different and we learn something every every time we go out well getting out that's the thing and if you have the option uh get out and do some hunting and stop in here first at rocky mountain discount sports <laughs> 